0: Hey guys and girls, and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and on the other side of the desk, as always, is my mate Matt. How you doing today, buddy?
1: I am doing very well. I'm not quite sure how to feel about the round that just was. I think
0: the word you're looking for is shitty.
1: Well, you see, there was some... Highs and they were very high highs. But they were. There were the also highs? some really low lows. It was a weird round.
0: You went from deliriously high to just horrifyingly low, just yep. in the span of ten minutes.
1: Yep. So I'm I'm genuinely unsure how to feel about how that round went. Yeah,
0: I I honestly don't know how I'm going to go diving into these games. You're probably going to hear some <laughs> really visceral anger from me. <laughs> And yeah, I don't know, maybe a little bit of happiness too So I reckon what we're going to do is dive straight into the first game of the round Which was yep. West Coast versus the Demons uh, Great game to watch, we actually went and saw this live
1: Yeah, it was, was a really enjoyable Good one to see,
0: really tight for three quarters And then the Eagles broke away after Liam Ryan's ridiculous mark
1: That was a good
0: one um, So from a fantasy point of view, West Coast had some big scorers in there I mean, we had, well, what are we looking at there? About seven players go above 100 Elliot Yo has been on a really good run for the past few weeks. He
1: really has. He's only four point five percent owned in salary cap. Really unique. Very unique. His last four games 101, 146, 97, 140. But look at his who he's played those games. Mm. Gold Coast, St. Kilda, Melbourne. Yeah. There's some pretty easy. There's some pretty average games. teams in there, yeah. He's got Adelaide Bullies and Swans coming up leading into his buy. So I still like him as a point of difference but
0: he's cheap 714k as a premium point of difference and
1: break even a 71 and
0: there was the whole thing of the preseason injury him not really having a preseason having to work into that could that be contributing a little bit he's got his fitness back
1: Absolutely. Because he was an elite
0: scorer. We were all aboard Yo in the off season. Yep, absolutely. And that injury was the only thing absolutely. that kept us from bringing him in.
1: Yeah, look, I, I I like him as a point of difference. I think he's a good option, better than some other ones out there potentially. Who will not be named? <laughs> oh, we'll, until uh, we'll, we'll until later name in the podcast, later, so I guess but, we have to. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm tempering my expectations a little bit. I think yeah. 100 to 110 is very doable from here on out. But
0: Well, someone who I'm not tempering my expectations on is Shannon Hearn. And he Absolutely. is acting like an absolute champion out there on the field. He is sweeping up every loose ball. Um, he's there in the hole for intercept marks. He's the one getting those cheap little plus six kicks as well on the, uh, on the switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, 137 from him. He's averaging over 100, I believe, now on the year. Which, 102, 102 right. which makes him one of the more reliable fantasy defenders going around. I think you have to end the year with this guy.
1: Absolutely, I think he's definitely top six end yeah. of the year for me.
0: I'm bringing him in this week. That's my uh, that's my goal for the week because nice. the the is choice that- the choice is between him and another much more pricey defender, <laughs> yeah. and I don't have the extra hundred k. So yeah. the, uh, the, will, the choice will is this easy. Be
1: a discussion that we perhaps hit on in the final game of the round.
0: It might be, Matt. It All might right. just yes. be, and it's going to be a long one. And I'm going to be. I'm not angry, actually. I'm impressed. I'm like,
1: <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone, for Christian's weekly Whitfield winch. <laughs>
0: it's not a whinge. It's a... Ra- no, it's not even a rat. It's just a comment. Um, okay, so... I come
1: with something that that sort of had a bit of alliteration, so it's <sighs> a whinge. It's awful.
0: Um, so Dom Sheed pr- cracked the ton again with 133 with no tackles as well, playing a real outside winger role. And Ooh. this has, I mean... He had a couple of good scores beforehand, but Chris Maston out of the side. We sort of predicted this a little bit, so... Bear in mind, though,
1: 116 versus Gold Coast, mm-hmm. 94 versus St. Kilda, 133 versus Melbourne. The two games before that it were against Geelong and Port, and he went 85 and 60. So, True. his scores are very much reflective of who he's actually playing against. Mm-hmm.
0: I like it. Andrew Gaff scores well no matter who he's playing against, he does, and he's yes. absolutely someone you need in your final side. And for draft owners, well done, because there were a lot of people who... Draft left him a little bit later to draft, actually. He slipped back to the third round for a lot of 10-team leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a great pickup there. Uh, Shuey McGovern all did well. Kennedy kicked a few goals, so his points were up. Not really too much else to talk about from a West Coast point of view. So we might move... Not a huge
1: amount. Nah. Brad Shepard, mm-hmm. after that great start to the year, has really fallen back into he's the He's slowed state. down, hasn't he? Um... He
0: was looking after Petrarca for a lot of this game as well. So he's mm. still getting that... Really important matchup. So you imagine when he's playing against Collingwood, he'll get the DeGoey matchup, and those will be hard lockdown matchups. Not a lot of opportunity to rebuild. Whereas Shannon Hearn, they need his. Uh, his ball movements, his precision going out of halfback so they yep. won't want him marking up too much
1: and at this point in the year pretty much nothing to talk about for their youngers
0: no nah. so Melbourne uh, Gorn just does what he does Clayton Oliver was fantastic again and Harms continues his great year yep. um, Petrarca's one I quickly want to bring up he could have yes. easily had an incredible game <laughs> he's just I mean it's not even not living up to expectations at this point He's just not playing footy
1: as well as he could be. It, it's he's playing like an X-factor guy, not a consistent guy. Yeah, it's like it's there's really little annoying. marks, little mm-hmm. missed kicks, little
0: poor shots on goal from easy positions. Yeah,
1: um, spending the ball before he's actually picked it up yeah. or into it. Just little things, but. Um...
0: He's not transitioning yet into that more midfield role either. He's he's playing
1: quite a lot of his time up forward. Yeah. At at this stage, I'm not convinced that he will for a long time. No. Particularly given how strong Melbourne's midfield is. Mm -hmm. There's no need for him to transition into the midfield. No.
0: But it's, it's just one to talk about because he's one that's shown a lot of promise for a lot of years and just never seems to live up to it. Marty Hawke keeps getting it done. He was really good at intercepting. I mean, 60, it's an average score, but it's enough to get
1: you by. He started very slowly, though, so it's, uh, most of that came in the second half, yeah. from memory. Uh, alex
0: uh, Sorry, not Alex Neal no, I was going to say Jay Lockhart. He was the disappointing one of the rookies. because so He's been on an absolute blinding run. A yes. couple of scores in the 90s. Oh, actually, one score over 190 in the past two weeks. And got a 43 when a lot of people would have been forced to bring him onto the field. And yep. maybe even confidently brought him onto the field.
1: If I had him, I definitely would have been playing him with a bit of confidence. Yeah.
0: And, no, unfortunately that uh, that 43 really hurt a lot of people. So what does that mean for him moving forward for you? Oh, no. He's still got a low break even. There's no issues there. Um, and I probably would... If you are forced to choose between someone like him and say Will Hayes from the Bulldogs, I would give Lockhart another go next week. It is a mm-hmm. tough matchup at Optus Stadium against the Eagles, mm-hmm. um, especially for the younger types. But yeah, I I wouldn't be looking at trading
1: him out yeah. yet. That's as you sure. said, his break even's thirty, and his past few games have been pretty good. And he's so. got
0: he's got the ability to go well above eighty. So yeah. that that's something you really look for in your rookies. Um, if, you, if there's no one else from Melbourne you want to talk about, I say we move on to the uh, Ma- just Maggie quickly game. Oscar Baker. Yeah, no, yeah not good. Um, we, we brought he, him in as a cash grab, and he, he did nothing. He's he, out of the side. He wasn't great. I expect he will lose Straight his spot. Straight out of the side, unfortunately. So he's going to be a player like, say, uh, a Brand, uh, Brandon Hams from Essendon, yeah, who everyone in brought in that one week because he's cheap, and he'll just be in and out maybe a couple of times in the year. Yep. Uh, okay, so Maggies versus Saints. This one was just obvious from the get-go. <laughs> and Brody Grundy, 152. We don't want to talk about him too much, but it would have burnt a lot of coaches... Because I know there were a lot on Twitter uh, that were yep. talking about the fact that he was their second choice as captaincy this week. He was yes. my second choice as captaincy as well, mm-hmm. really tossing up between him and another player, and unfortunately made the wrong call this week. It only cost you yep. about 40, 45, 46 points, but that can really help in the long run. It makes a big difference. <clears throat> um side was terrific. Adam Trelaw again, without Adams, is just rocketing along. Uh, Jack Crisp... Now, we've talked about him a couple of times.
1: He's continues to put it together. Um, I think at this stage, he would be... I, I'd be considering him a top six, yeah. At this stage, he's yeah. a top six.
0: If you can bring him in, if if you can't really afford those top-line
1: guys, Crisp is still thereabouts as a more affordable defender. 663k. Yep. What's his, his last three average? He's going at 101 Mm-hmm last five average is going at 104 yeah so he's had a really good run yeah and his next three games he's got Swans Frio and Melbourne leading into the buy which is a pretty decent run
0: easy run so now is the time just quickly where we do have to mention that if you haven't already started planning for the buys this is the week where you have to really start structuring your team around it so make sure you see who's playing around 12 13 and 14 and trade in accordingly so you want to own more players in the back end of that period, and you really want to have as little round 12 guys as you possibly can so you can filter them
1: in after they've had their buy. Absolutely. The tricky bit is, and I I don't know how it's worked out this year, but there seem to be no decent round 12 um, backs, but every decent forward seems to be a round 12 forward. It's really
0: tricky, isn't it? And about
1: 50% of the the good... um,
0: the, the good mids, yeah,
1: around twelve. It's and really frustrating, and
0: unfortunately, the top two Ruckman are around thirteen. So you're yeah. missing out on both Grundy and Gorn in round thirteen. It's, uh,
1: it's bizarre the way it's worked out this year. Yeah,
0: uh, fingers crossed that. Uh, actually, what when does Geelong have their buy? Have um, they got their buy in round thirteen? Um,
1: they're not round twelve. I know
0: that. Que- question without notice, but there, there's a small chance. I'm just going to quickly bring up their buy here that they might have it in. Uh, different to Grundy and Gorm, which means that Fort... No, Fort has the round 13 by as well. Because so, he came in for a yeah. pretty decent debut this he week. He really did. It was solid enough, and I think there's a small chance he might hold his spot, depending on whether or not Radicalia
1: gets up this week. Yeah.
0: Because he was really solid, I thought so. Uh,
1: I think he... You know, spot. Yeah,
0: But then again, getting back to the point, you've just got to make sure that you can structure your team up around those buys now. As this much is, as possible. This is the last sort of point that you can really do that without just throwing it all to the wind and saying, no, screw it. So yeah. if you're in a league which doesn't have buy uh, or has the buys turned off yeah. and you're not really in competition for that top end of the uh, the overall rankings, you're just going for buy uh, league wins. Yeah. You don't need to stress about the buys at yeah, all. Obviously, stress. don't don't worry too much. But if you're going for overall ranking or if you're still trying to eke out wins in your league and you have the buys turned on, you need to start planning. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Okay, so some of the other players from that game, I think we might turn over to the Saints because I don't really want to mention Callum Brown, who was one of my risk-it picks from last week. (laughs) It didn't really work out, did it? No, it did not. I I was
1: on board with him as well, but... No, it it did
0: not. Uh, For the Saints, uh, Billings and Savage and Dunstan all just got up to over 100. Billings Uh,
1: is slowly winning me over as um, a... Top six what
0: I like about Billings this year is he's eking out good scores. So I was watching yep. a lot of this game, and he's just sort of in and around. He's eking these out. He's not having either a 130 or a 70. He's Which not doing that as much anymore. Past, yeah. So if he can put together more consistency there and then keep his ceilings of you know 120-plus scores every now and then, that's what I want to see. Yep. And I think he's getting close to doing that now. Um, some of the other players, oh, I think both of my risk it guys were in this round actually, and oh, who was the other one? battle I think was uh, oh, that's right. another one. So that's 58. two fails for me this week. 58. Yeah, oh, that's unlucky. God.
1: But we do still really like battle, particularly for keeper leagues. Yeah,
0: and I like battle this week as well. Obviously, coming up against Carlton, which oh, is a yeah. really, I mean. Pfft, the witches season. hats at the moment, so it's it's no issue playing any St Kilda players this
1: week. Yes, uh, um,
0: is there is there anyone else you want to bring up? Seb Ross is one who had a down game with a seventy one. He's he's a middling, you know, just below premium level, I would say, in salary cap leagues. He's definitely a draft guy. If he's up, you know, yep, if absolutely. he's underrated in your draft league, I'd put in a, a trade option for him. So I'd try and get him away from that coach who underrates him because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he does have a very big ceiling. But for salary cap, I'm getting more and more worried about Seb Ross.
1: Yeah, um, Parker.
0: Yeah, Parker, down still
1: 24% owned. A lot of those are probably ghost ships at this point. Yeah. Uh, but if you are still... Not necessarily, I still have Parker. Me too, I just haven't had an opportunity exactly. to get rid of him. Um, um, he's break-even 60, so he's bleeding cash at this stage. Well,
0: what I'm considering doing is just trade... I don't have hams. I know that he's in and out of the side, but... It gives me about 110k, and I'm thinking of just doing that as a quick cash grab
1: this week because I'll, Parker's just I'd not playing to do well. That. Uh, I actually quite liked um, Young. From Young Young looked his game okay; was good. He looked, I think, he looked good enough that he'll hold his spot. If he holds his spot, I would prefer Young over Ham's. Uh,
0: If he doesn't, I would prefer Ham's over Young. I think he he did enough
1: to hold his spot, but St. Kilda is notoriously bad at giving games to
0: Young. Yeah, and I think Loney is coming back soon, which takes Uh, away that small forward spot from Young. So, have to see about the team structure at the end of the week. Alright, we'll get on to the next game of the round, which was Lions versus the Crows. This was an epic game. This was awesome, right down to the last minute. And 93-92, uh, to 92, the Lions just got up. And we just love watching the Lions win. They're, they're such a fun, yeah, fun young to, team. Fun to watch at the moment. Um, Lockie Neal is getting back into the swing <laughs> of things. 119 from him. He's quite cheap, but... They they have released an article today coming out of the Frio Dockers saying that it is Operation Stop Neil this week, Yeah, which means that I can guarantee that they'll be having one or two guys rotating off of him just to stop him getting yeah, contested I wouldn't be looking at him this week. No, not at all. Uh, Dane Zorko has been very solid. Mm-hmm. Really Absolutely. good one to look at, but he's probably priced himself out of the market a bit here because he was very cheap uh, a month ago, and now obviously he's worth quite a bit more with that break even getting higher and higher. Um, we've got Jared Lyons who broke the ton as well. Uh, he was very solid for Draft League. And as Humor McCluggage is a keeper league god, he's going to be an absolute champion going Absolutely, forward. Absolutely,
1: yeah. I'm just trying to find um, Lyons to see what his ownership is. Cause he his should, ownership would be very low in he AFL was fantasy. very, very average uh,
0: to start the year off. He, he was. It should be very, very low, I would imagine. It's not. Yeah. He's not someone. Do you mean Lyons or Zorko?
1: Lines, Lions? Okay, yeah. in, in salary cap leagues, no, no, in ultimate football. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Ninety yeah. percent cool. owned. So there's not that many of them sitting on no. that waiver. I was about to say in salary cap, pff, no one should own Lions in salary cap. That's an awful choice. No,
0: no, absolutely <laughs> not. No. Um, Dan so Rich little is faith in my knowledge. Yeah, Dan Rich is sliding a little. Um, We're after a great start to the year, but still putting up some average scores. So he's not a salary cap guy at the moment, who slips into the top six, but he's still very, very good for draft leagues. Um, And Hinge, the the, uh, young draftee, comes in with a 41. He's another one of these rookies that came onto the field. A lot of people might have been forced to play him and just getting these scores in the high 30s or low 40s. A lot of rookies failed this this round, close to every single rookie failed this round for me. I'm to struggling be honest.
1: to think of any that actually did well.
0: Um, Darcy fought with a 77 yeah. was quite solid. Myers
1: came home strongly. Yeah,
0: he did. I Walpole
1: think if you count him as um, a rookie, Sydney Stack
0: was good with a 70 odd. Um yeah. I think that Scrimshaw did okay as well with about no 40 odd. Ugh, ugh Jesus. Okay, Scrimshaw did not do well. Yeah, yeah they, um, there weren't many that did well. No, because even players, like more reliable rookies like Constable just were awful. Oh, we'll get to him. Dersma was okay with 60. Um, mm. he, he was one of the ones that wasn't too bad. Um, okay, so for the Crows, uh, Brad Crouch was ex- absolutely exceptional. He yep. He's Amazing. one that you're absolutely keeping until right towards the end, your last upgrade. Pretty much. Um, he was a perfect mid-pricer at the start of the year. Uh, Rory Sloan keeps getting it done. Gibbs was in... Form this week, Laird is again. He's just putting along 95 with 100 the week before.
1: I uh, so interesting stat actually. Mm. Laird's first half versus his second half, and mm. Brody Smith's first and second half. Oh, I saw that pretty stat much too. Completely opposite. Yeah,
0: I think Laird scored something like 70 points in the first half. Roy Laird scored about 24 yep. 24 and then 25. They just pretty much reversed it in the they switched part. it up and they both finished up on like low 90s basically yep Brody so,
1: Smith I think is getting close to the point where you oh, need to look at I w- right. he
0: was in the gun for me this week until yep. that last quarter where he eked his way up to 88 I've got other priorities particularly yeah. with the injury to Zach Williams which we'll same. talk about a little bit later. Uh, But otherwise, he was looking at one of the first ones
1: to go for me this week. break-even of 86. And his upcoming matches, he's got West Coast this week. Melbourne, which will probably be an easier game. But then he's got Giants. Yeah, if you've got some luxury trades, he'd be high on my list. But a lot of other priorities this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, O'Brien's an interesting one to quickly talk about. Because he must be getting quite close to being colourable, I would suggest. Because... It's, it's almost getting to that point mm. where if you've got Riley O'Brien, um, I know some people have been playing him on their field, uh, particularly uh, with a couple of injuries to some of the lesser Ruckman. Uh, but, yeah, I think Riley O'Brien's getting to that you point where you can make some mm. money from him.
1: Yes, but his break-even's still 54, so that's very achievable. And his buy round is round 14.
0: That's true. So he does save you. So you just your advice would be to hold Riley O'Brien until yep. right towards and the end. And then
1: what you do is you just switch him into one of Grundy or Gone, whichever one you don't own, mm-hmm. after they've had their, their buy in round 13. There you go. So easy. There You, go. you don't have to worry about it. Much better O'Brien. solution.
0: Okay, we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was Geelong versus the Bulldogs. Uh, the Bulldogs had a late run at this, but Geelong had it all wrapped up from quarter time easily. Um, Mitch Duncan... Is dominating the short fantasy
1: player of the um, comp at the moment.
0: He is averaging what 111 points on the year, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I haven't considered him at all for salary he hasn't cap been leagues. A salary
1: cap guy for me for years,
0: but I own him in a keeper league. I've been seeing these scores, and that's how little I've considered him for salary cap. I know that he's scoring this well, it's just he's so not a salary cap guy but you My, can't ignore these numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean, has he been doing it all year or is it just lately that he's really picked it up? Oh, he's absolutely
0: smashed the
1: past like yeah, 130, month or so. 120, 142, 125. That's crazy. Yeah. My concern is is he just a flavor of the month guy that's going on a crazy run Could be? and then will drop back down to the 90s he usually does.
0: Joel Selwood does it all the time. Yeah, that's or what I'm concerned about. Did it all about. the time.
1: That's what I'm concerned about. Spending a bit of money to bring him in and he drops back. Yeah. Uh, I don't hate going after him. He's a massive point of difference. It's.
0: I think it's an interesting idea. If you're looking for something a little bit different, Duncan would be my first option. Yeah. Uh, Duncan or Yo. They would be the two PODs I'd that I'd rather go at.
1: Yo because I feel like his scores are more su- sustainable even mm-hmm. though they haven't been at quite at the same heights as Duncan.
0: I think Duncan's a little bit more expensive as well. Yeah, Duncan's 780k thereabouts and yep. Yo's 714, so absolutely go after Yo. Don't chase that uh, those extra points from Duncan um, and pay the extra you know, 70k. That's yep. not what I would be doing. Um, then, what the hell happened to Geelong? They won 133-89 to and <coughs> nobody else scored over 90. So
1: I, I did watch this game and it was just so. What's the word? Clinical, pr- precise. They were just. They didn't waste time moving the ball around. They were just through, through so, and goal. Oh, through so they, and goal.
0: So they didn't need to switch it up. They didn't. There was no pressure coming from the the back end from the, the
1: Bulldogs. Bulldogs played reasonably well at times, and they did pressure. But Geelong was just able to move the ball without superfluous possessions. Yeah, If I get that. Uh,
0: it's, it's a pain in the ass when that happens, though. Um, Speaking of pains in the ass, Paddy Dangerfield, um, for people that held on to him, so what, he's gone 93 and 88.
1: He uh, was looking like he was going to quite easily make his break even as well.
0: Leaking money now. Leaking money. Oh, late drama field. Oh my God. And that's the other thing. He he can complain about it all he wants uh, during interviews, but he does have that bit of drama about him. And I don't know if it's something that he enjoys particularly, but... I mean, he's always... Even if it's a minor injury that he can get up from the next week, it looks like the world is coming down around him.
1: Yeah, He's still (laughs) 64% owned in salary
0: cap. As he should be. Like A lot of people would have held, and I think from some of the other podcasts going around, that was the advice to hold. We didn't, uh, and we went to another player who we will talk about a little bit
1: later. Yeah, but I think we didn't because we had... Other shit come up that we had to deal with, and, and, we, and moving, we wanted the cash grab we had from to get that. The cash.
0: How? It, yeah. So
1: my original plan was to hold him. Mm-hmm.
0: Mine um, was to ditch him. So, uh, but that's just because you know I hate holding onto yeah, you've premiums. Got a few little things like that. Um, there's, I, I, can't stand it. I hate holding, leaving <laughs> premiums on the on the bench when we've got two trades every week. Yep. Um, so
1: he's. Um, the early word is that there's a decent chance to miss this week and have a bit of a break, particularly considering they're playing Gold Coast. Uh, when he does play, his break-even is 128. So he's every chance to make that. Because if, he's if, he
0: play, if he plays against Gold Coast, he's probably going to make that break-even. If he does yeah. not play, then he's coming in against what? I think is yeah, Sydney. His Sydney? Next game. So they might play him up forward if he has legitimately missed the week through injury just to rest him up a little bit,
1: which means that he's very lo- low likelihood of getting that 128. As it is, he's 667, so at some point, um, you still need to finish the year with him just because yes. his ceiling is so high. Absolutely. Geez, he'd be frustrated. But
0: you could pick him up. I mean, well, we we speculate here, and we were completely wrong about <laughs> another player who we'll talk about later. <laughs> but, um, you know, you could pick him up for close to 620, 610k in a few weeks' time. Maybe just Depending after. Depending how things play out. Maybe after the round 13 bye. So we'll have yeah. to wait and see what happens there.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Tom Stewart is the next one I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So he got 82, and he started the year off like a... um, Like a good metaphor. started a good metaphor. He started (laughs) the year off like like a good metaphor. (laughs) Just to help you out there. Thanks, I'm going to use that again, I think. (laughs) Um, Um, 11% owned. His last few games, still good, but not quite at the level he was to begin the year off. mm -hmm. Tui coming back, I think, has hurt him a bit. Um, So I think if you do still own him, there's no issue holding him, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be top six at the end of the year anymore.
0: I think it'll be towards the bottom end. Like maybe there'll be uh, two be or three guys vying for that six, five six eight. Spot. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't. I I would hold Tom Stewart. I think all the Geelong players, barring Mitch Duncan, had a shocking fantasy game this week. I mean, we talked about Constable earlier with a 44. That was just horrendous. Uh, Jordan Clark, I think, needs to go back to the VFL to get some some form and find a bit more of the footy he's Clark. had at 27. Grian um, Myers, who's m- normally been you know scoring closer to nineties lately, mm. sixty one is still very solid. But a
1: lot of that came late, though. He, yeah, exactly. He was pretty much stuck up forward the first half, and they only really released him late in the game, and he got involved. Then. Tim,
0: Tim Kelly was on, finished the game on fifty six. That's
1: got to be an outlier. I, I think yeah.
0: he's definitely a top six four. No issue there. It's just, and everyone has Tom Kelly. Yeah, oh, yeah, Tim yeah. Kelly
1: pretty much. So yeah.
0: no stress there.
1: Yeah, for me, I, I agree. Um, Clark needs to. Go back to the VFL, and I mm-hmm. really hope he does because I can't afford to move him on in salary cap yeah. this week, and he's bleeding cash.
0: Um, okay, um, and I
1: suspect the same will happen with,
0: um, oh, do you still have Jordan Clark?
1: Yeah, I've still got Jordan, oh, Clark and Constable. Constable oh, that will hurts. get dropped as well. He gave very little this time.
0: I think he keeps his spot perhaps because they're coming up against Gold Coast. I think they might rest a couple of guys, um,
1: oh, maybe, yeah,
0: or like players like someone like. Uh, Quinton Narco yeah.
1: for an Indigenous
0: round against Gold Coast might come in for a run, uh, um, something yeah, like that. Maybe um, I can see you know Chris Scott doing that sort of uh, theatrics. Um, <laughs> <He> <laughs> love the theatrics. Um, so on the uh, the Bulldog side yeah. of the ledger, uh, Jack McRae with a solid score there, and Jackson Trengrove has been getting it done with Timmy English being out of the side. Uh, if he's available on waiver in a deeper keeper or a deeper league, I should say yeah. uh, for drafts, uh, definitely go out and grab him. Um, if, particularly if you own Tim English because it's not too bad handcuffing those yeah, two you can't handcuffed. play him in the ruck but you know that you can play him confidently in defence um, and get a good score if Tim English is missing uh, So you know some of the other guys it was just average scores in this game it was a pretty poor fantasy game to watch actually yeah it wasn't amazing Mitch Wallace, Lockie Hunter all below 100 Bailey Smith is looking like he's going to be a very good player for Keeper yeah, League so he, make sure you keep an eye on him he was
1: one guy that looked really comfortable mm-hmm. out
0: there uh, some of the other youngsters as well. Uh, Lockie Young with just a 29. He probably doesn't keep his spot in the side this week. Uh, Caleb Daniel has really come down lately. His
1: last two weeks, he's got 60 both mm-hmm. weeks. Um, and it's, what? It's because he's not getting as much of the ball. Yeah. that's that simple. He yeah. needs 30-odd possessions mm-hmm. to be up around those 90s.
0: And also, what the shit, Bontembelli? Get your crap together. Because- uh, no,
1: you know what it is? They decided to swing Dunkley back into the midfield because, mm. you know, he's a midfielder. Yeah. But that means that, well, they've got too many midfielders, so Bond goes back into the forward line. Yeah,
0: of course, because you're going to win games with Bontempelli in the forward line, yeah, you Yeah, one of the dumbass.
1: best midfielders in the game playing Jesus. A full forward.
0: Oh, Luke Beveridge. Just put them in the <coughs> midfield and play some of your forwards up forward. God damn! So, what well, well, if you have Bontempelli... As I know you do. I, as I know you do as well. <laughs> I'm keeping Bonson Belly because I've got other things to do, but yep. I'm considering if he's still in this kind of form, he might be dropped d- during his bye week. Um,
1: uh, yes, I agree. He's but, on the chopping block so, for me for the bye. Yeah, so
0: if he keeps going for the next few weeks up until his buys, like this, playing mostly up forward, I'm chopping him and it's just another, you know, tick in the column of just me hating Luke Beveridge.
1: Yeah. Conveniently, he's around twelve by, so that actually does work well. Mm.
0: Okay, so next game of the round was North Melbourne versus Sydney. Uh, before we do, should we do we need to talk about dunking? No, no. I think he's playing midfield. He played in the midfield. People just didn't score well. It's unlucky if you bought him in this week, yeah. and a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so, I don't think you have to worry about that score too much. I think you'll score better next week. Yeah, that's pretty much my take as well. Yeah. So, North Melbourne and Sydney. Sydney got up in the end. A couple of good scorers there. Luke Parker doing better of late. He's averaging about 105 over his last uh, five weeks. So, something to for draft <laughs> coaches to sort of yeah, maybe of, be happy about. One of
1: the um, comments I saw online over the weekend, which made me smile, was... Zeeble got 155, should we pay attention to it? And so I'm replying going, yeah, but Parker got 131, so no, we shouldn't. <laughs> that um, made me smile. Yeah,
0: that was good, actually. Uh, Jordan Dawson keeps just proving how good a youngster he is. Uh, Jake Lloyd was, I mean, Jake Lloyd back is Jake he, Lloyd.
1: Back to what he does.
0: Yep, doesn't matter too much. Uh, is there anyone else that you particularly want to bring up? I mean, Zach Heaney's Jones. still shitting me off yeah the he, Heaney still pisses people. I mean, 97's okay, but it's not enough.
1: Oh, but it's enough to give a little bit of hope to people <laughs> that have ridden him off. That's what pisses me off.
0: So he's just giving you hope and then he's tearing you down. That's it. That's it. I love it. Um, um,
1: your boy, Ryan Clark, did you mention him already?
0: Oh, no, we haven't. So uh, he came back in as a last-minute emergency, uh, scored 70. He was playing as a tagger, which freed up George Hewitt, who was spectacular in this game. Mm. I wonder if Ryan Clark keeps his spot to play I as a midfield tagger.
1: being a good tagger, he's got amazing endurance and running ability. Well,
0: I think the thing is he needs to find a way to work into this team mm. and that might be something that Longmire allows him to do because you know, Hewitt now, if he does get freed up a little bit yeah. more he played in that tagging role for the last couple of years to sort yeah. of, as an apprenticeship maybe that's what he moves Clark
1: onto next. Maybe. Hewitt does have the ability to score quite well on his day, so if he's if he's available on your waivers in Ultimate Footy, if um, I don't mind putting a sneaky waiver on him.
0: If Ryan Clark is playing this week, I would definitely go out and grab George Hewitt without a second hesitation. But if Josh Kennedy comes back in and Ryan Clark is dropped again, I think that Hewitt plays tagger. Uh, yeah, plays a tagger agree. role. So just keep an eye on what the team lineup is. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll just quickly on Zach Jones. You need to get rid of him. He's been in poor form, and unfortunately, this injury will see him miss some time. Yep. Just ditch Zach Jones. Uh, North Melbourne, alright, Zeeble
1: that, <laughs> that was something
0: <coughs> <coughs> yeah, that was
1: Zeeble uh, 35 disposals 10 marks, 8 tackles that's a pretty amazing game that's
0: an incredible stat line uh, it's almost as good as someone else's stat line um, <laughs> but no, this, this was terrific in the wet and the cold um, I think that Zeeble, if you don't have him he does have such a low break even that
1: you can absolutely go and get him with yeah. minimal risk,
0: uh, and he is playing in that midfield role, so he's not going to get one hundred and fifty-five every week, but he, he'll get you a ninety-five if he's playing in the midfield. I reckon. Yep,
1: yeah. his break even's thirty-three. He's five hundred and eighty-nine thousand, so very, very cheap. His last 4 he's gone $75,000, 100, and five, seventy-five, and one fifty-five, and he's doing a good job in the midfield. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think he stays there. You
0: make seventy k by going Dangerfield to Zebul this week if Dangerfield is out. It's not a lot of money, but if it helps you fix something up and you don't want to miss out on Dangerfield's score this week, or you're worried about what he performs at when he comes back, considering yep. his high break even, not the worst. I mean, we ditched Dangerfield two weeks ago for Zeeble, mm. um and got lucky there a little bit. Yep. But, you know, we
1: if he's playing that midfield role, he's going to score half decently, Zeeble. Yep. And and it's not often we can say this, but Mm. looking at North Melbourne's run for the next three weeks, they've got Western Bulldogs, Richmond, and Gold Coast. Very (laughs) favourable. Not often we say that North Melbourne might
0: win some games.
1: Yep, not often at all. um, Who else we got to talk about? Push on.
0: McMillan did well. Anderson and Simpkin are draft, like deep draft waiver guys. They're all owned in drafts. Exactly. Uh, Sean Higgins was locked down onto. That was who Clark looked after, and... Uh, he, I think he kept Higgins to about 10 disposals in the first three quarters. So, he was, it was a Very really good. good job by Clark. Uh, no, I don't think we need to talk about too many others from North Melbourne. So, we'll push on to the last game of Saturday, which was Essendon versus Fremantle. You wouldn't have been particularly happy with this as a Frio man yourself? Uh, no, luckily I was out with the family, so I didn't have to watch it. No, nobody really wants to watch Frio games these days. But David Mundy, I'll watch him. He's in really <laughs> yeah. good form. he he keeps proving me wrong because every time someone else comes into the side or someone else's roles looks like it's changing, you know, Connor Blakely, I thought, would come in and play midfield. He yep. played more of a halfback sort of role. Yep. And David Mundy played that pure midfield role as well. So yep. he, Blakely rotated into the midfield. You Don't get think me wrong. You
1: that they would. Gradually up his rotations over the next mm-hmm. few weeks, so maybe it was just they're easing him in.
0: Yeah, but David Mundy is in ripping form, still not looking at him in salary cap. But for draft owners who picked him up quite late in drafts, bravo, yeah. well done. That's that was a great get. Yeah. Um, and then no one else scored over hundred for the Dockers, unfortunately.
1: No, no. Um, Walters is still Walters
0: is keeping going, still keeping Nat going. Nat Fife just that score just oh, is ridiculous. We were expecting a monster score this week from Fife. And I don't know what happened. I didn't get a chance to watch this game in person. Uh, he was playing 100% in the midfield from all yeah, reports. Absolutely. There was no not much rotation up forward. He only had three tackles. He had two marks for the game. That was awful. He needs to pick his, yeah, just pick his act is, up next week. Yeah, he
1: should really get a lot more marks per game considering yeah. how strong he is in the air. Mm-hmm. I just
0: tackles he should get more. He's an inside contested midfielder. Yeah, I know he's but... getting I know he's getting the ball, but if he misses it, he's a very good tackler. He
1: doesn't so watching I watched about a quarter of the game and he didn't even look like he wanted to tackle. No, he I just <laughs> if he didn't get the ball he'd zone off and let someone else go after it. Mm, that's just frustrating. So he's also on my chopping block yeah, at the I... moment. Oh
0: no I'm giving him some more uh, some more length uh, road, like, but I've
1: got a lot of shit I need to sort out, so yeah. he's a long way down on the on the block. And so, he's on notice.
0: <laughs> we'll move over onto the Essendon sides. Aharakus was spectacular. Merritt got it done 125 from him, so reward for any coaches who brought him in a little bit underpriced, yep. and now he's quite expensive. And Dylan Chill keeps getting it done as well. He's he's been very solid. Yeah, he's having a career
1: best fantasy year.
0: Um, well, I, I think he's averaging now over 100, which is which is probably a career best fantasy year so for he's, him been very very good um there's not too many others i want to bring up some of the younger guys who we think have a little bit of hope uh for the future a couple of years down the line like langford parish maybe francis uh all underwhelming langford didn't do too bad as a last minute call up um and parish was solid without being spectacular they're just getting no tackles like
1: yeah langford had
0: two tackles parish had one um You know, all the top line guys for Essendon, so Zaharakis, Merritt, Shiel, uh, and Saad, each had over five tackles, but the rest of them had no more than three each. So that's a a pretty poor tackling Mm. game. Maybe Frio just didn't get enough of the ball. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so yeah. Frio does have that issue sometimes, keeping up the ball.
0: Yeah, interesting thing to keep an eye on. Essendon aren't a, a particularly big fantasy team this year, so we don't need to stress too much about it. Now no. that Devin Smith is underperforming and injured, you know it's really only Merit who I would be looking at from that team. Yeah,
1: and the, even the draft guys—they're guys that are they're up and down already.
0: Uh, yeah, Sheil obviously is, has been very consistent. Yeah. Zaharakis is very up and down. Same with players like Stringer, yeah. Hurley. So yeah, they're they're not particularly. Big salary cap, guys. And on that note, we are going to break the podcast into two here. So thank you for joining us for part one. Make sure to catch us in part two next, where we will be going through the remaining Sunday games from last round to action. We'll answer your questions from Twitter. And of course, like every week, we'll be playing our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit, where we'll help you out with your waiver list picks. So check us out in part two.